I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the the Squad Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. That was so peppy considering how tired we were. (laughs) I've had an energy drink. I have not. (laughs) I have a joke for you. Okay. It's really funny. Okay. I mean, I think it's funny. I'm reading it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Stop reading. Stop reading, sir. Okay. (laughs) What do you call two witches living together? I don't know, (gasps) Brie. Broommates. That's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was laughing at that way too long. Okay. We should totally just be like, you know what? We have to go get the other two original golden girls of the equation. Uh, (laughs) Our friends, Liz and Coriel. Yep. Because each of us is a golden girl. (laughs) I'm definitely Rose. You are 100% Rose. (laughs) I am 100% Dorothy. Liz is absolutely Sophia. And Coriel is a perfect Blanche. (laughs) I like it. Someday when all of our husbands are dead. Well, that sounded so mean. (laughs) Some... I'm going to tell you a joke instead of continuing on. I'm just going to. Yes. I'm going to take my foot out of my mouth. Okay. I have a joke for you. Ready. Uh, Why don't they, the royal they, play music in a skeleton church? I don't know. Why? No organs. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was Oh my gosh. I love it. Yes. (laughs) Get into our booze news. Booze news. Booze news. news. Sorry, I missed a cue on that. No, 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 no. I was... Okay, so... (laughs) I have to tell you what happened. I looked over to make sure that... uh, Because the Pro Tools session hadn't caught up with us yet. And at first, I thought that it wasn't properly recording. Oh. And so my head was turned so you couldn't see me. And I was trying not to make it look like I was panicking. (laughs) That was great. Yeah. I messed okay, it up. We got Any, it. We anyway. Got we got this. Continue. <laughs> so uh, Beyond Fest announced its complete slate of 2020 programming compromising of, se- of seven nights of... You mean comprising? <laughs> Not a drop of alcohol this evening, friends. <laughs> Oh man, just wait till uh, one of our drunk episodes coming up. Oh, Halloween drunk history. I can't wait for that episode. <laughs> I, that's going to be like a probably like a like 120 that's a minute. That's a breeze going to Uber over here night. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but let me let me start over. <laughs> um comprising seven nights of double bill features including three world premieres one north american premiere and two u.s premieres of unadulterated cinematic access access sounds provocative yes following a sold out summer residence with the american um <laughs> I, can't, I can't talk today. Cinematic. Yeah. Cinematic. Cin- yeah. Anyway, it's at it's the, at the mission taking. <laughs> um, Beyond Fest returns to the socially distanced safety of the drive-in Friday, October 2nd through Thursday, October 8th to generate funds for for the 501c3 nonprofit film institution. Uh, with a diverse slate celebrating all corners of genre cinema, Beyond Fest is proud to open with a double-barreled, double-bill curated by director Jim Cummings, including the world premiere of his electric werewolf tale, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. That's interesting. Yeah, paired with Joe Dante's classic, The Burbs. Oh my god, I love The Burbs! I was just telling my neighbor about this, and I just gave her my copy on DVD. Quintessential Tom Hanks yes. before he got famous, and the late, great Carrie Fisher. Yeah. And also really Bruce Dern. It's really great. I called my, my neighbors at the end of the street that are really creepy, I called them the Clopex, and because they had never seen it, they didn't understand the reference. Thank God. Otherwise, they would have been so offended. Uh-oh. The 
Apex. But so they're going to open with that. And then closing night honors are bestowed upon Blumhouse and Beyond Fest alumni Christopher Landon for the world premiere of their gloriously outrageous bloody swap slasher freaky. I can't wait for this one. Yes. Build with a special rep screening of Tucker and Dale versus e- versus evil and which was selected by the director himself. You know how I can tell we've been friends too long. Mm. You did that whole segment talking with your hands. <laughs> like someone's like actually looking at me other than you. But, but like, that's like we have an audience. But that's me. I'm half Italian. I talk with my hands. If you tie my hands behind my back, I can't speak. You're going to be moving your shoulders. Oh, yeah. I'm like, shimmy, 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 shimmy. <laughs> oh, man. So that should be fun. Indeed. And it's at Mission Tiki. Which isn't far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yay. Uh, so, no, no, no. Go okay. do, do so your thing. So some other news. Um, Hotel Transylvania 4 is still on track for August 6, 2021 for a theatrical release. If the theaters are open by then. <laughs> I mean, we can hope, but who knows? Uh, Selena Gomez is coming back to voice Mavis, daughter of Count Dracula. No word on what the plot is yet. They've pretty much exhausted everything they could possibly do. Yep. Pretty yes, much. Ma'am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you want to take the next one or me? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, HBO Max, who, fun fact, I finally downloaded my subscription of HBO Max. Oh, did you? And I watched Lovecraft Country. Isn't it great? And holy shit, it was awesome. It's just it so, so good. great. <laughs> we're going to do an episode. Sunday is like my day. I know. Like it, It's so good, and I really want to read the book. I do, too. And I, yeah. So I'm just saying it, it might have to be the next one. I'm fine with this. <laughs> I'm 100% fine with this. Because I feel like there's so much more in the mm-hmm. book that I'm missing in this show. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I kind of get confused at some parts. But it's so good. Yeah, but it's so good. I don't even care. I'm like, you know what? I don't care that I didn't understand it. It's fine. It's so good. <laughs> um, so HBO Max series Raised by Wolves, which I haven't watched, but it's in my queue, uh, will return for a second season. Written Ooh. by Aaron Guzikowski, it focuses on two androids tasked with raising human children on a mysterious virgin planet. Sounds like hell. <laughs> As the colony of humans divides over religious differences, the wolves... Nope. <laughs> the androids can learn controlling the beliefs of humans is a treacherous, difficult job. Ain't that the truth? I mean... <laughs> You know, you can throw all the science at humans that you want, and they're still going to believe some bum conspiracy theory they read in yep. a meme. Yep. Um. So, Raised by Wolves comes from Release Scott's Scott Free Productions. What a brilliant name for a production company. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> good job, Ridley Scott. <laughs> um, Turner Studio T and Madhouse Entertainment. Scott Guzikowski... Scott Free's David W. Zucker and Jordan Sheehan and Madhouse's Adam Kohlbrenner and Robin Meisen- Meisinger. Mm-hmm. Guys, your names are hard. <laughs> <laughs> we'll serve as executive producers. Uh, the first two episodes were directed by Ridley Scott himself. So they have to be good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So uh, Funko has already released a handful of different pop vinyl toys based on tim burton's beetlejuice and a brand new one has been shown as part of their nycc reveals uh this one glows in the dark and has beetlejuice holding the handbook for the recently deceased how cute yeah and the ghost with the most is depicted in his iconic black and white striped attire it's really cute how cute i like how he's holding the book like like he's uh like one of the religious guys going door to door oh jehovah witnesses yes and holding the book oh wait no that's mormon yes well the mormons (laughs) are usually on bikes oh right 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 okay can i tell you a funny story yes okay (laughs) you know i always love it (laughs) zero this is not meant to be offensive but it's gonna be offensive for our poor, if we have any Mormon listeners, I'm so sorry in advance. Uh, growing up, 
in the, as I lovingly refer to it, the inbred empire. There's, there's not a lot to do. There's lo- lots of uh, controlled substances, but not a lot to do for a straight-laced kid like myself. So my brother and I used to play a game called Mormons, Midgets, and Mullets. <laughs> so this was back when... So this was developed as soon as we had smartphones that could take pictures. So it wasn't even a smartphone. It was actually a flip phone. And and you still had to like push the, the key multiple times to send a, a text. If we have young listeners... You, you're blessed to not have to have, <laughs> just be happy you didn't have to you're uh, blessed yeah <laughs> so you would get points if you saw a mormon or a midget or somebody with a mullet and you would have to take a picture and send it on a group text with everybody else that was playing and we actually had a little sheet where we kept score and then if you saw a mormon who was a midget wearing a mullet you won and the game was over <laughs> Oh my god. That's so great. My brother would die if he like well, my brother's never gonna listen to this ever, but you never he, know. he would die if he knew I told that story. <laughs> we oh, were bored. Wow. There was nothing else to do. That's so great. Did you ever get the Holy Grail? Oh no. Oh, okay. No. Just, I just wanted to know. No, no one did. It just <laughs> you know, we all went to college and got very busy, so oh, okay. I, so you didn't have to play anymore. No, interest died out. Oh, okay. Instead it was the people of Walmart. it turned into that it totally did so yes again no 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 offense to any of our listeners that may be little people or mormons or if you've got a joe exotic mullet live your truth yeah anyway business in the front party in the back party all day (laughs) uh so share continuing to share some more great organizations to follow uh this one especially for what we are going through right now i'd like to talk about world central kitchen oh they're really really great and they're really helping families like in a huge way during this whole pandemic um but uh, World Central Kitchen is working across America to safely distribute individually packaged fresh meals in communities that need support for children and families to pick up and take home, as well as delivery to seniors who cannot venture outside, obviously, because we are in a pandemic. Uh, to date, World Central Kitchen has provided over 25 million meals in more than 400 cities. This is all, um, only U.S.-wide. I should point that out. Um, traditional safety nets like school feeding programs, city services, and food banks are struggling to meet basic needs right now. Uh, seniors who are isolated for their safety are unable to access meal services. Meanwhile, the country's hospital workers are, you know, obviously stretched more than ever before. Um, so... World Kit, uh, sorry, uh, WCK is also is partnering with restaurants to help meet this demand by providing jobs for their staff and meals for those in need. Um, hashtag Chefs for America uh, is making a key connection between people who need meals and restaurant workers and drivers who need to earn a living. They're really, like I said before, they're really helping. As a response to COVID-19 for families in need, restaurants for the people is the next step in their ongoing response to the health, economic, and humanitarian crisis stemming from a COVID-19 pandemic. This program is dedicated to tackling this crisis on two fronts, at the same time providing fresh meals to communities in immediate need, while also keeping small restaurants and food businesses open. Aww. So they're doing some really great things. And they also, if you feel safe enough to help deliver uh, food to those in need and also to uh, seniors and just help out at the restaurants, uh, they require you obviously take a COVID-19 test to make sure you're safe, but you can go and volunteer and help. If you've never volunteered at a food kitchen before, it is uh, life-changing and I highly recommend it done it a few yes, times and me too it is it it gives you it's very humbling and it gives you new perspective on what's important and it really really does what you value it this it, 
this type of program, like organization, it helping them really like will open your eyes. Mm-hmm. It really, really does. So when you're complaining about the guy that cut you off on the freeway, you realize if that's the worst part of your day, you've got it a lot better than a lot of other people in your yep. life. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> yep, yep. So, yeah, that's World Central Kitchen. Please go check them out, donate, or volunteer your time if you can. Do it. Great. Uh, so today, we're going to do a movie review. Antebellum. Yes. If you guys haven't seen it, watch it. Yes. You can, it's it's available for digital download or video on demand, whatever the cool kids call it these days. Um, I think we rented it for 20 bucks. We just did Mm -hmm. a a little movie watch party and we rented it for 20 bucks, which I mean, is what what we would have paid to go see it in the theaters anyway. Yeah. With our popcorn. Yeah, exactly. But we didn't, the the part where we save money is we didn't have to pay $12 for popcorn per person. Yeah. Because... (sighs) Both Sarah and I will have a large popcorn to ourselves. By ourselves. Like, like <laughs> Brie has a large and I have a large. No sharing. No sharing. We love each other, but we don't love each other enough to share a popcorn. <laughs> Which is fair. Yeah. But it's yes. It's just delicious. Yes. It makes me feel like crap after, but it's fine. Oh, yeah. I want to die. For the sake of the movie. Oh, it, right? I, I will do it. Right? <laughs> it's, not, it's not fun if you can't scream through your popcorn. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, Antebellum is uh directed by Gerard, written i'm sorry written and directed by gerard bush and christopher renz and this is uh in their feature uh directorial debuts actually mm. yeah uh it got a lot of mixed to negative reviews i'll definitely get into that a little bit later a lot of people didn't uh they felt like it just it didn't live up to the full potential of its uh its premise but i don't know I enjoyed it, but again, I, I did too. I guess people just—they just had different opinions on, I guess, the the sole purpose of the film. Well, and when we get to <laughs> um, when we get to the review section, because I, I read a lot of them, I know you did too. Yeah. Um. There's one thing that they have in common, and I have very strong words for that critique. But I'll save that for the review section. I actually cannot wait to hear. <laughs> uh, but as we said before, Antebellum was released through video on demand on September 18th. Yay! <laughs> um, while still playing in theaters in select overseas countries. So that's good. Yay. The countries so that can follow the rules. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, actually, this includes a theatrical release in Australia on October. Well, it's on October 1st. So they have not seen it yet, unless they unless they're able to do video on demand. I don't know yet, but uh, the film was originally scheduled to be released on April twenty fourth, but was delayed to August twenty first due to the COVID nineteen pandemic. Before being pulled off the release schedule temporarily in July twenty twenty. So thankfully, we got to now see it this last week mm-hmm. on September eighteenth. Yes. So yay! The cast uh, stars uh, Janelle Monae, my girl. Yes, she's, I, she's she's so goals. great. Yes, <laughs> she plays uh, Veronica Henley or Eden. Uh, also, Eric Lang as Senator Blake Denton. Jenna Malone, who I haven't seen in like forever. No, but she <laughs> was so good. I was like, get it, girl. Even though I don't she like you, so but get good. it. <laughs> uh, she plays Elizabeth. Then there's Jack Houston as Captain Jasper. Uh, Kiersey Clemens as Julia. Uh, I loved her. Yeah, me too. And oh my God, <laughs> Gabri Sidibe, <gasps> Sidibe oh, as Dawn. Dying the whole time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then uh, Mark Richardson as Nick DeWall. And then Tonga Yi uh, Carissa as Eli Stokes or the professor. And then Robert Aramayo as Daniel. Lily Cowles as sarah and then the cute little london bryce as kennedy she was the creepy kid no 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 she was uh she was her daughter yeah she was her daughter. she was she was uh the character of veronica's daughter yes yes so not the creepy kid and there's that yep (laughs) so uh warning this plot contains spoilers yes but we're going to 
we're going to give you the overview of the film high level so that you know what you're getting into. Yes. Um, so when the movie opens, we are taken to a scene on a Louisiana plantation that is run by the Confederate Army in the midst of the American Civil War. So obviously slaves are being treated harshly, not allowed to speak without permission. And those who attempt to escape are killed and their bodies are burned in a crematorium. So when the movie opens up, we see a couple that's being captured trying to escape and a young woman gets free. But as her significant other is still captured by the soldiers. Um, So the soldiers catch her with a rope and then they shoot her to torture her, uh, her lover and then make an example out of her. So then we meet Eden, who is portrayed by Janelle Monae, who is being beaten by the general, also just called him, um, for trying to escape the night before. And he keeps asking her to say her name and the name that was given to her. But she's crying and she's she's hysterical and she won't say it. Um, so she stays quiet. And when she does, he brands her. That part was so, so hard for that me to was watch. Hard. Well, I, I mean, the first... The first 20 minutes of the film are brutal. Yeah. Like, completely brutal. Um, Just full trigger warning. It's, yeah, it's tough. Um, So, she's branded so she'll become more obedient. And then a new group of slaves is brought to the plantation. And among them is a pregnant woman whom the plantation owner, Elizabeth, names Julia and places in the care of Eden who is, again, portrayed by Janelle Monae. And uh, Julia is the unwilling captive and rape victim of a... Oh, I'm sorry. No. Eden is the unwilling captive and rape victim of this Confederate general referred to as him, and he's the one that branded her. So Julia asks Eden to plan on how they get out of there, and she's already been branded, so she urges Julia to just keep her head down, do what they tell you, don't make a fuss and it's very odd in the beginning of the film we actually see uh eden in her cabin because all of the slaves live in various cabins Mm -hmm. and she's kind of skipping over various wood planks and and we're not quite sure what's going on i was trying to figure out like what the heck is she doing like is this some sort of like real weird dance or something so i thought initially that um if she was going to step on that this place was just so decrepit and it was going to fall apart that if she stepped on a board that she would fall in between that's what i initially had thought yeah that's what i thought too yeah but i wasn't sure so you know this this all goes on and that night there is a huge dinner with all of these uh, confederate soldiers and so forth and julia is then taken back to her cabin to meet with a confederate soldier named daniel who who is supposed to have his way with her and julia speaks to him and says you know what's your name and it's very simple question but she just thought you know if you're gonna do whatever you want i might as well know your name right and she tries to appeal to him and say you're not like the others and so forth and as soon as she does this he beats the living hell out of her yeah and causes her to miscarry <sighs> which is tragic um so as this goes on we then see uh we then later find eden and or eden discovers julia hanging from her cabin rafters after she had taken her own life after her miscarriage it's so sad that part i almost teared up a little bit that was hard it was really hard to watch Um, but you know what was really interesting is when we see this there's a little and you called this out i did (laughs) you called this out first there's a little butterfly tattoo on her ankle and i was like oh this is important oh yes (laughs) so uh eden is then that night raped by the general um and she falls asleep and then at when she awakens she awakens as a completely different woman named veronica henley who is a renowned sociologist and we are in present day 2020 um which is actually we actually turns out to be a a different time but it's modern day for the most part but we'll get to that twist later um so when she awakens we also see her rub a spot on her lower back and it's the same spot where she's branded so 
you think that this is supposed to be a dream. And she's like, oh, you know, it's weird that my back would hurt. Because, you know, sometimes when you have a weird dream. Oh, I've had plenty of those. Yeah. And, and like something happens. Like I've had dreams about being stabbed. And where, wherever I get stabbed, that hurts the next day. Um, so I, I just thought, you know, oh, she's making that connection from her dream. Yeah. So she's preparing to take a trip to speak at a seminar for a new book tour, um, which is particularly hard for her because she has to leave her husband and her daughter. So during this time when she's packing, she gets a really weird phone call from Elizabeth or Jenna Maloney. And thinking that this is for her book, it actually ends up being more personal questions that are pretty offensive and yeah. and downright racist. I was like, no, she did not. Yeah. <laughs> and that accent. Oh, my God. Dude, Jenna Maloney was unrecognizable in this yeah. movie. Like she played a, an asshole, but she was unrecognizable. Yeah. Um. And she, she did a killer job. She really did. She did an awesome job. Um, so Veronica then goes to Louisiana for her tour and she meets her friends. And <laughs> Gabrielle Sidney is one of them. And she had me rolling. Yeah. <laughs> she was so I liked funny. Her, her part. Oh, she was great. And then like how she was uh, a, um, she was like not a love doctor, but a, like a like a relationship coach yeah yeah like she matches people yes which i thought was hilarious oh it was awesome well and then (laughs) yeah yeah well i'll I'll get to that part yeah um she had me rolling she's just great this whole time so um while she's in town they're gonna go out to dinner and veronica goes back to her room and gets ready and on her way down in the elevator she sees this little girl in civil war era garb which is really really odd oh, yeah she looked like a ghost yeah <laughs> yeah it was uh it was creepy i'm like what is this child doing here like this is where yeah whenever you see a creepy child on the, ha- the in the hallway run yeah so this is where <laughs> things start to kind of turn a little bit now we also notice some other unsettling details so for example when veronica gets to her hotel when she arrives she attempts to make dinner reservations at a nice restaurant in town and the white attendee or concierge just looks her up and down when she gives her the name of the restaurant like oh you shouldn't be eating here i mean it's yeah it's awful um and then her when they actually get to the restaurant they're given this really awful table like (laughs) that's right by the kitchen and and Gabourey does not miss a beat. She's like, uh-uh, we are not sitting here. You're going to give us this really nice table over here in the yep. middle. <laughs> Sorry, we're not sitting there. And I just um, like the part where, like, the lady's, like, getting ready to tell her, like, no. And she's like, oh, thank you so much for, like, getting us this nice table. Oh, yeah. You're Thanks, so Becky. sweet. Okay, bye. <laughs> I love that she called her Becky. <laughs> it was so great. I mean, I'm glad, like, it wasn't, like, all dark and serious it had those little funny moments so it it was it was nice a uh, little change the tune for a, a mm-hmm. little bit <laughs> oh yeah it was it, it was it had funny moments which i yeah. appreciated yeah <laughs> um so while all this is going on elizabeth actually poses as a representative of a different company and sneaks into veronica's hotel room and steals the lipstick that she had actually commented on when they were doing their video chat and she actually makes this really shit comment to janelle monet's character and says i don't think that shade would look good on my coloring I'm just like, oh, girl. Yeah, she said, it looks good on your skin tone. Yeah. Like, like mm. <sighs> rude. I just wanted to come to that screen and anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, so while they're at dinner, there's this really funny part where um, the ladies are all drinking champagne, but a guy at the bar so, who whose face we actually never see, which I thought was an interesting choice from the directors. Yeah. We never see this guy's face. <laughs> He just sends a drink over to specifically Gatteray Sidibe's character. So she calls him over and she just reads him <laughs> in front of everybody. It's like, you see that we're, that 
we're drinking champagne and you send us what is this vodka crayon <laughs> i mean but she wasn't wrong though she, she wasn't wrong but it was so yeah, but she's like but i'm gonna still give you my number though yeah and she gave she <laughs> gave him her number but when her friends are like seriously that guy is really cute and you're just talking to him like that sh- i'm cute too <laughs> oh my god that's that's the the savage brie i want to be oh it was great i loved it (laughs) um so the ladies all have this great dinner and then um her uh, veronica's two friends go out for a night on the town but veronica goes to leave dinner because she's got an early flight she's got to get back to her husband and daughter so she leaves in what she believes to be her uber but it really is elizabeth and her husband jasper that are abducting her and they knock her out Oh, my gosh. So, this is where things start to take a turn. So, after Julia takes her own life, Veronica then wakes up and discusses with her fellow captive, Eli. So, he's the one from the very beginning whose wife had been killed when they had tried to escape. Um, Being so distraught with with Julia's death, she says, you know what? We're going to... We're leaving tonight. We're done. This, This is it. I've had it. So while the general who comes to rape her again is sleeping we actually see an earlier scene where the general had a cell phone oh yeah she heard it ringing she heard it ringing he had a cell phone in his saddle so veronica gets up and This is where she starts very carefully stepping over all of the boards in her cabin. And then we learn that these are the boards that creak. And because he's there at night, he decides to try to, or she decides to try to escape. So she makes her way out of the cabin and steals the general's phone. But she ends up dropping it when Daniel, one of the soldiers, comes by. So, when he comes by, Eli then kills him with a hatchet, but because the phone (laughs) has facial recognition, it can only be opened by the phone's owner. So, uh, Veronica and Eli go back into the cabin, and they actually find that the general's awake. So, very sadly, Eli is killed trying to protect her, and she manages to turn around and stab the general with his own sword before unlocking his phone, and then she's able to call her husband and send her location to her husband, because we find out this is actually all happening in present day. Yep. So, after this happens, um, Veronica then starts running bails for the cornfields and then jasper actually runs into her so she hides the general in the crematorium and veronica then lures he jasper and another guard into that crematorium locks them in and lights it up oh my god that was i was like clapping at that part we were we were losing our minds we're like yes like yes queen (laughs) yes we were so happy so happy yep um so then veronica i've never been so happy to clap about somebody's death i know so veronica then takes the general's horse and she rides off um elizabeth then pursues her on horseback and can we just talk about what a fucking terrible shot this bitch is i know she missed a whole bunch of times for someone i mean i'm happy but but for someone who really wants to play civil war reenactment like for real girl you couldn't at least take a target practice class um so then we have this this narrative between elizabeth and veronica where veronica's hiding and elizabeth says you know she handpicked every slave on the plantation for abduction except for veronica she did not want veronica but her father insisted that they kidnap her because Veronica's teachings were quote unquote dangerous because most of her work as a, as a psychologist and a sociologist was preaching the importance of equality and inclusion in society. So they thought she was dangerous and that's why they abducted her. So uh, Veronica then knocks Elizabeth off of her horse, puts a rope around her neck and drags her <laughs> through the woods until they crash her into a statue, very appropriately, of Robert E. Lee. That was the best part. The best part. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Veronica then continues to flee because there's more soldiers that are chasing her. And then we see, the, and this was a little gratuitous for Just me. A little bit. Yeah. Um, we see her very slow mo going through a battlefield that, you know, is full Civil War battlefield with cannon fire and muskets firing and so forth. Um, but then Veronica rides out of the park in which we see is called antebellum a civil war reenactment park and it's owned and operated by the general under his real name of blake denton so while the credits are rolling police show up and veronica is able to escape and she liberates the other captives and the very last part of the film is a bulldozer that is trashing the very front um sign that says you know antebellum civil war park was so great yes very good ending yes the little like riding through the <laughs> it, it was a little much yeah <laughs> there were some parts where i'm like okay i get it yeah we're, i'm we're happy good. she escaped and then everybody else was mm-hmm. liberated i mean a little too late but but you know at the same time i was thinking too like that's it's so crazy for this movie to come out right now in you know in this time that we were in before the pandemic happened yeah <laughs> um well and even like during the pandemic you know just everything that's going on in this world and it's just crazy to think that like that could you know that could happen you know it was very reminiscent of get out for yeah. me mm-hmm. very reminiscent it actually reminded me of a little bit of the village <gasps> yeah you know what you're right and and i was thinking about that when we were watching it i'm like i feel like i've seen this movie before yeah it was like if get out in the village had a baby yep it would be antebellum pretty much yeah that's it yeah, <laughs> yeah they actually um so a couple of little like little production notes yeah. uh gerard bush actually got the idea of the movie from a nightmare he had oh that's so sad yeah initially he was just gonna make it like it was just gonna be a good basis for a short story and then he partnered up with uh, christopher renz and he was like no i think we could make this into a whole movie and so there we go how sad yeah i'm like that's a terrible nightmare (laughs) i would not want to have that nightmare and i've had some pretty (laughs) bad ones recently so um but in march 2019 it was announced that janelle monet had joined the cast of the film which is great because this is janelle monet's first lead role in a feature film i was very excited yeah and she did a really good job she did an awesome job i i was i'm sad that the movie got like such bad reviews everywhere but you know what's crazy is that even though the movie got really bad reviews most of them all praised uh, her performance yeah her performance so i was i was actually kind of happy about that yeah <laughs> um uh, another little fun fact directors gerard bush and christopher rent stated that they actually acquired the lenses used to shoot gone with the wind in order to kind of create the the same feel of that movie oh no shit yeah at the same time though they you know did like correct a little bit of it but right. by showing a more accurate depiction of the antebellum period you know especially yeah the treatment that of pre-civil war period yeah <laughs> um the soldiers in the first uh, part of the film they were chanting the words blood and soil which is a phrase used by the uh, charlottesville protesters back in 2017 i don't know if you remember that oh yeah when the guy rammed his car through oh no this was the the Char- uh, charlottesville that's the one where the um uh what do i want to call not well i guess white supremacists yeah yeah yeah. when they were marching yeah 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 and then because that's the one where they clashed the two groups of protesters clashed right and then no this is when they were like on the that school campus in charlottesville and they all had torches there's too many white supremacists for me (laughs) i think it was that one i'm pretty sure it was that one too many people are i know too many things that happened but too many people that need to sit the fuck down yeah it's yeah, but the phrase is a nationalist slogan that uh, that expressed Nazi Germany's idea of a racially defined national body represented by blood united with the settlement area represented by soil. This little detail kind of foreshadowed that the plantation Veronica is trapped in isn't real and that it all happens in present day. I did not put that together. No, I didn't But either. that's why they put that in there to kind of hint because that's something that happened 
like recently. But I didn't even. I didn't put that together. I did not put that together nope, at all. Nope. <laughs> but um, a lot of the reviews actually mentioned the village even before, like me reading them. I, I you know, I was already thinking yeah. that myself. Yeah. But um, but and also interesting the the quote that was at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, the William Faulkner quote. Yes, the past is never dead. It's not even the. It's not even past. I was yes. like, ooh. <laughs> that is just yeah just that just goes along with everything that's g- going on right now yes it's just crazy mm-hmm. oh man so some reviews <laughs> i'm kind of bummed <laughs> so rotten tomatoes gave it 27 percent that's i feel like that's really unfair that's harsh um, a 4.7 out of uh, out of 10 i i Okay, so while it it's not the best film I've ever seen, right? It's definitely not the worst. Uh, yeah, um, I agree. I mean, I would have given it at least a fifty on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I would say fifty percent. Yeah. Well, they the reason why they were saying they gave it a twenty seven percent. It says Antebellum fails to connect its images with any meaning. Uh, with any meaning, excuse me, making for a largely unpleasant experience, lacking any substantial scares. I mean, I was scared. Uh, the, I'm sorry. <laughs> the first 20 minutes of that film, I was really uncomfortable. Yeah, I was really uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised that it it said that. Okay, so you you just said something that made me want to talk about that. So okay, the first the first. The reviews that I've read have all been very critical in the imagery with the first 20 minutes of the film. Mm -hmm. And you use the term uncomfortable because it was very uncomfortable to watch. However, the whole topic of slavery is uncomfortable. Exactly. And sorry, America, you need to get uncomfortable and understand that this happened it's still happening systemically mm-hmm. and it's our responsibility to fix it. Yes, we understand that none of us were alive when this happened. However, it is our responsibility to fix the systemic oppressions that are still causing problems for people of color. Exactly. It is 100% our responsibility. And I feel like it's really unfair of so many film critics to be so critical of the first part of this film because in, in, in reading the notes from the directors, they're like, yeah, we wanted people to be uncomfortable. We wanted people to be horrified. You You can tell by the way, you know, just the way the story was written. Yeah. I mean, that was a pretty bad dream he had. Yeah. (laughs) Just saying like, yeah, that, that the first 20 minutes, I don't know if you noticed, but I was like clutching my popcorn. Oh man, it was rough. <laughs> it was it was really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it. I mean, there's been other movies that have, you know, done that to me, especially you know when it's dealing with, you know, slavery and, you know, just the really nasty, you know, part of uh, history. But yeah, I I don't know. I'm just kind of surprised at just what they wrote. Like on one of them that I read um, for Hollywood Reporter. The uh, the critic said the film was more interested in making a point than digging deep. And in the end, Antebellum is undone by a lack of empathy and emotion. It has no real perspective on the past and thus fails to make any real impact on the present. I don't feel like that's I, fair at all. Who the hell wrote that? I disagree with that. When I read that, I was like, is this guy for real? does he (laughs) is he he, not watching the news (laughs) did he just completely miss the supreme court decision that still oppresses uh felons most of whom are people of color in florida that can't have their right to vote back unless they pay back restitution for their crimes even though they already served Mm -hmm. their time what (laughs) seriously i hate people yeah that was the one review i was like you you're crazy um you know the only constructive review that i have read of this film was it would have probably been different if the story would have been told in reverse Mm -hmm. meaning we start 
by finding out that this is a dream or, or that, sure. that this is not a dream and right. that it's it, it, it's actually this woman who's been kidnapped and then we her story is then told through series of flashbacks yeah um as opposed to just kind of it being intertwined from the start and we're not really sure what's going on so that was the only review that i felt like and i gosh i wish i could remember who wrote it um that i felt was very constructive and you know that actually probably would have made it a little better yeah no i can i agree with that i get on board with that yeah um i mean i liked how it had that little bit of twist that we had to find out later because i think both you and i were like what's going on <laughs> well when the kid showed up i'm like what the hell is this child doing here like <laughs> it's always a creepy kid it's always the child um but oh and then uh kiersey clemens actually responded to a lot of the criticism that's back and she said yeah criticize the hell out of my movie i'll take it and i'll tell you why it's wrong <laughs> I'm like, I love you. <laughs> well, and and Janelle Monet is definitely standing by it as well, which, and again, she did such a great job. I mean, I hope that more people recognize her for uh, her role in this film. Um, my only other criticism, this movie's four years too late. Agree. This movie should have come out four years ago. Yeah. Um, and... I still, but even still, I feel like it's very timely considering a lot of what's going on in the country today, Yeah, at least in the States. So for our international listeners, I'm sure you've seen the, the wonderful circus that is the United States right now. <laughs> um, I'm glad it didn't get pushed back more. Yes, that because would have then been I a feel, total mistake. Yeah, because then I feel like, I wouldn't, um, well, I, won't, I don't want to say it, it would have been too late. But I just feel like this this year is, is the time for it to this happen. movie. Yeah. If it didn't happen four years ago, like you said, this was the year it needed to come out. Yep. And my my biggest problem, I guess, if I had to sum it up with a lot of the criticism is I feel like the criticism is focused on completely the wrong aspects of the film. Mm-hmm. It's completely based on how slavery is depicted and how and how graphic it was like read a goddamn history book people like it's not Well, you can't read a history book because it's not going to tell you what you want to hear oh that's fair <laughs> that is absolutely fair <laughs> sorry <laughs> don't apologize Sa- don't savage apologize. Bree had to come out no. on that one <laughs> do not apologize you are i stand i stand correct because my history book maybe had like a paragraph about slavery yeah but best believe on one of my final projects, I did a whole thing on slavery no, and racism. So. And, and there are so many. So scratch that. School textbooks are a horrible example. Yep. Um, however, there are several other texts that you can and should read to educate yourself. Yes. Um, it is not this. I, you know, I remember reading or, or watching a documentary in school you know how they used to do those things with reenactments of like the founding fathers and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um and i remember one specifically that i will never forget because it was so fucking terrible and i went home and told my mom about it i think i i was still in i had to be in junior high so i was either in the sixth or the seventh grade whenever you start doing the u.s history pieces so it probably was seventh grade then they were playing this super dated film with actors portraying the founding fathers and one of them was thomas jefferson and saying well yes i own slaves but i was really nice to them and like (laughs) it's wrong to own people (laughs) why is like why are we normalizing this why yeah (laughs) it just i i will i will say this um anybody out there that would likes to read like us mm-hmm. <laughs> i suggest reading lies my teacher <gasps> told me such a good book it's so, so good, good. <laughs> i actually read this in high school and uh because my teacher is the one who brought it up in my ethics class mm-hmm. actually um and it's probably one of the best books i've ever read in my whole life yeah and it really dives deep. I mean, it pretty much says everything your American history textbook got wrong. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And they go through There's all of, of this. There's so much that you would just, I mean, my mouth, I'm, I think my, my mouth was like wide open. 
happened the yeah. whole time. Yeah. And I just, I just want to throw that out there before we yeah. <laughs> end this, but um, please read that book. It's, it's so important to be, to educate yourself. Yeah. So. So that's I'll get the, off my soapbox now. No, you're you're all good. Stay <laughs> on that box, babe. Um, but that's that's my my biggest issue with with a lot of the criticisms and the bad reviews that this movie's gotten. They've all been based on the depiction of slavery. It but was it's like that's what happened. It was awful. It was horrible. You should be uncomfortable watching it. Get uncomfortable, and yep. that's all that I'm gonna say. Yep. But um, it, and if you read the if you read the reviews, and if that really makes you that uncomfortable, I it would be a damn shame if you did not watch this movie because of that yeah. particular part of the review. So, I recommend watching it. I I give it three screams. You said three. Yeah. You know I. I'm gonna be a little nice. <laughs> For me, I I want to say three point five. That's fair. 3.5 screens yeah. because again like I said there were a lot of parts where I was super uncomfortable and I know in like thriller uh, horror films I'm the one you know laughing at you guys <laughs> jumping and stuff but there was a lot of parts where I was just like Ooh, like I, I can't watch this like I wanted to close my eyes because you realize that nothing is more terrifying or the or horror in the most genuine sense than the history of the founding of the United States. Yeah. <sighs> and that will rattle you to your core. Yep. Um but it's 100% worth the watch. Yes, watch um, it. yep, it's 20 bucks. You would pay the same for your ticket and popcorn at the movie. Highly recommend it. It's got some slow parts. It's got some parts that are a little gratuitous where it's like, yeah, we get it, get on. Um but it's it's great and and Janelle Monet was phenomenal um it's 100% worth a watch so definitely do it. definitely mm -hmm. yeah and um if you'd like to uh comment and let us know how you liked it please email us at the at gmail.com yeah man yeah and make sure to like us on Instagram and Facebook. And please subscribe, rate, and review uh, to us uh, anywhere where you listen to our show. Um, yeah. And we have merch. Oh, yes. Don't forget about our merch. We got fanny packs. We and dog hoodies. <laughs> dog hoodies are most important. <laughs> yes. Um, fit note, they do run a little small. So, oh, yes. like, peanut dog got a medium. And it's a little... It fits her nicely. Oh. She's put on a little bit of quarantine weight. It's a little but, snug. Yeah. But, you know, once she gets walking again, she'll be good. But so, we yeah. got some great shirts and all kinds of stickers. And stickers. Yeah, so please yeah. check us out. Yeah, buy our merch. Yay. Have a good night. Enjoy. Keep it real. <laughs> and we'll scare you later. Bye. Bye.